Well, our scripture today is from Philippians. You remember reading Paul? Listen carefully. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The peace of God, which trans transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord, the last you re renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you, you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned that the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in living in plenty or want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is the word of God for the people of God. So this is our third week in our series on what keeps us awake at night. And I'll have to confess to you all that I am not a very good sleeper or rester or being still person. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so this, I confessed last week that I feel like I'm preaching to myself each week. Uh, and so on Monday morning, Monday is uh, my day off and my husband John works on weekends as well. And he has Monday off. And uh, so on Monday morning, we uh, uh, slept late. We didn't get out of bed. He played on his phone. I read a book until almost lunchtime. And we never do that. We always have a list of things we're doing. We've had this big construction project at our house. We've had people in and out at 8 a.m. every time they come. And so he said to me, oh, we are not getting anything accomplished today. We better get out of this bed. And I said, we're having Sabbath time, is what I said. <laughs> we need this rest. Our bodies need it. Our souls need it. Our spirits need it. I did say to him, we have not focused on God at all yet, but by resting, we make room where we can hear God, right? And so often uh, we fill our time, even when we set aside time for devotion and prayer, we fill our time with words and our needs and our wants and our list for God. So we move our list for ourselves to our list for God, right? And so it was so beautiful to sleep in and to not jump out of bed and to just be still. And I, I, uh, one of the scriptures that I memorized when I was young was be still and know that I am God. And sometimes when I, I do a breath prayer and I say that, be still and know that I am God. And it, it 
takes my blood pressure down and it helps me. But when I was preparing uh, for this week, a friend of mine sent me Psalm 62, a line from that Psalm that says, my soul finds rest in God. And I thought, oh, I need to add that to my list of things that I could breathe and pray. So for the last two weeks, we have been exploring this concept of rest and Sabbath time. We recognize that uh, in the very beginning in the Bible in Genesis that God works and creates and creates and then takes a whole day (laughs) of rest. Uh, We've noticed the scriptures where Jesus goes off to pray and to be alone and to get away from the crowds and to rest. And so we keep reminding ourselves that if that if God and Jesus needed rest, what would make us think that we do not? I like to brag that I'm nice with six and a half hours of sleep. <laughs> but that's my threshold. If I don't get at least six and a half, I'm cranky and I'm not so nice. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, we read over and over again that we need eight hours of sleep. Um, I've never been much of a sleeper. My, my mom used to say that she could, I gave up napping and I would run around my room and I would play and I would put puzzles together and then she, and she'd come to the door and I'd be laying in bed pretending like I was asleep. Uh, But uh, yeah, Pastor Charlotte wrote uh, in a a paragraph about this series and this week, uh, real rest comes from honesty, surrender, healing, and peace. Paul tells us we are to be in the world, but not of the world. This world has a way of seeping into our souls and convincing us of its assumptions. Our faith is really the only resource we have to provide a course correct and get us on the path to rest. So when we came at the text this week, we asked this question, how does our faith help, right? If we are off course and we, are, we need a course correct, how does our faith help us with that? Our, quest, our scripture today answers this so beautifully, and I wanted to point out, in case you did not know, that Paul is actually writing from prison when he writes this text, and so he's in jail when he writes this, and uh, he writes, it's sort of an I'm okay message is what I called it when we were preparing this week. I said, this, this whole section that we're reading today is like he's saying to everybody in the church outside who's worried about him in prison, he's saying, I'm okay. It's okay. And uh, he challenged us uh, in this text in so many ways. And so we came up with three Ps. The first one being perspective. I love this scripture. Think on these things, right? He gives us a list of all of these things that we should be spending our time and energy on, the thoughts that should fill our head. When our focus is on this list of things that Paul says we should be thinking about, we change our perspective, He says that we should stop worrying and give up control because we should be thinking about thanksgiving and praise. It's very different often than what we think about. And when we start this attitude of thankfulness and praising God for all that we have received, then we find peace. So it's in some of the uh, scriptural translations, it says peace, and some it says contentment. I found this beautiful quote from Cardinal Joseph Bernardin. When we are at peace, we find the freedom to be most fully who we are. Even in the worst of times, 
We let go of what is not essential and embrace what is essential. We empty ourselves so that God may more fully work within us. Isn't that beautiful? When we are at peace, we are our best selves. Our second P is purpose and this finding this peace or contentment. You can't have Sabbath if you don't have peace. And I would say you can't have peace unless you have Sabbath. Do you see how they go together? You have to make room in Sabbath time to find your peace and contentment, to give praises, to be thankful. You have to be in a place of peace to recognize that you need Sabbath time, then this time where you can set aside and really listen for where God is speaking into your life. Paul writes it beautifully when he says, not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little. I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed or of going hungry, of having plenty or of being in need. I think this is really interesting because it'd be easy for us, for Paul to tell us that everything is gonna be okay and nothing's gonna ever go wrong because we're people of faith. But that is not what he says at all, is it? He recognizes that sometimes we are hungry, sometimes we are in jail, sometimes life doesn't go as we expect it to. He doesn't promise us that nothing bad will ever happen. He doesn't give us that ridiculous prosperity gospel that is so popular right now that tells us if we have enough faith, we will be prosperous. And if we're not prosperous, it's our own fault because we don't have enough faith, right? That is ridiculous. Throw that away. Uh, the reality is that bad things happen like rain to everyone, right? And how we respond is where our faith helps us in the midst of that. He says we must learn to appreciate what we have and be thankful for it. We must find contentment and peace and lean into letting God have our worries. Paul discovered his circumstances did not define his reality. Do you hear that? His circumstances, being in jail, did not define his reality, his attitude, his perspective, his faith. He could have let that change everything, but he didn't. He found that while he was in prison, he could still find joy, peace when his life was being threatened, purpose to keep pressing on. And so the next best gift our faith can give us is a reason to live a reason to rejoice, a reason to believe. Eugene Peterson wrote this about Sabbath. If you don't take Sabbath, something is wrong. You're doing too much, you're being too much in charge, you've gotta quit one day a week and just watch what God is doing when you're not doing anything. Maybe if we can pause and be still, we will notice. Uh, Nima said to me this morning, did you see the sunrise, right? It was apparently the best ever and I missed it. <laughs> but taking that, the moments to notice those kind of things, to be thankful for what we have been given, to pause in the chaos of our lives means we open ourselves up to the gifts and the possibilities of experiencing things in a new way. 
I have a friend who said that um, she recently had a child. And she said to me, I was pretty bored with life, which I thought was so interesting for somebody in their 20s. I was bored with life. I was bored with work. I was bored with the monotony. And she said, but now I've had this child and I'm excited about all these things that uh, are new for my child. And so she talked about a ladybug, right? How many times did we not notice a ladybug? But, but her 14-month-old daughter it was so excited about a ladybug. And so she said that her eyes, her perspective has changed because of her child. And so uh, my next P is pressing on, the last one. He says we are not alone in our worry and offers us these works that lead to perseverance, the words that lead to perseverance. And many, many of us have learned these words. I know we've used them in Vacation Bible School on multiple occasions because we want the kids to hear them and learn them. And that's that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or God. Some translations say he who strengthens me. I learned the scripture when I was young and it has served me so well. And sometimes when I am frustrated or angry, I just say it over and over and over again like a mantra uh, to calm my spirit, to make me uh, recognize that this too shall pass, as my grandma often said. Um, and so how do we get to these places? One of the ways that we as people who are Christ followers lead our lives is with gentleness. Now, when life gets hard, and being a disciple of Jesus is hard, Paul encourages the Philippians and us to develop a life of gentleness. Uh, I read a theologian, Edward Piller, who wrote this about gentleness. I don't know, oh, I did. Uh, gentleness doesn't always go down well in our culture. To live in gentleness is to provide a stark contrast to the harsh, acrimonious, and sometimes cruel values that are the norm of the ethos of our culture. The character of Christ is our prime example of gentleness, and his gentleness was often met with hatred and violence. But Paul seeks to encourage the disciples to hold on to the character of Christ because it is by living in Christ that we experience salvation right? When we choose to live a Christ-centered life. My brother, after college, got his first job at those, uh, it was a radio networking broadcasting company. He was the art director. And after working there about a year, he calls me up on the phone and he goes, we were raised too nice. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he said, we were raised too nice. Not everybody is following the same set of rules that we were raised with, right? The do unto others, right? As you would have them do unto you. And he said, in this corporate world, they're not following those rules of Jesus. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, isn't that interesting that he had such a reality check, right, into the ethos of the culture and the world to recognize that being a Christ follower is different and it is hard. And being gentle, gentle in the midst of that is difficult, right? But we experience that that affirmation of who Christ is when we can find a place where we can inhabit that gentleness, that love, that kindness, those things. And so we have to surrender. 
We have to let go and let God take on so much of our worries and our need for control. There are so many things that we fight for, but we do not have to do it alone. If you don't take a Sabbath, Eugene Peterson said, something is wrong, right? You're too much in control. You're doing too much. Something is wrong. And so that leads us to my last thing, honesty. If we are going to course correct our lives, we have to have our faith. It helps us truly live. It helps us lean into thankfulness and praise in the midst of uncertainty. It gives us strength when it looks like it's hard to go on or to put one foot in front of the other. It makes room for us to find our peace or contentment. It challenges us to be better together than we could ever hope for being on our own. Next Sunday, we're going to share with you some of the responses that people sent us on how they find Sabbath, their habits and the things that they do. We're ending the series next week, and we thought we would share the wisdom of the collective family of faith and the things that they have done to help themselves find Sabbath time and rest. So I want to end by going back to the words that um, Pastor Charlotte wrote uh, Rest comes from honesty, surrender, healing, peace. Paul tells us we are to be in the world, but not of the world. This world has a way of seeping into our souls and convincing us of its assumptions. Our faith is really the only resource we have to provide a course correct and to get us on the path to real rest. Amen.